0: Three,
1: two, one. No, I'll do this. Three, two, one. Oh wait. <clears throat> Three, two, one. You know, at one point I used to think that I should be speaking like this, like in this tone, in this manner, and like, uh, okay. So look, John, you have, you got to do this, and hey like, you gotta do this and like, you know, trying to be the, like this boss and stuff, but then I realized, uh, like, you
0: know, <laughs> and also like, with the passage of time, what I've realized is that <coughs> the best way <coughs> to be a good communicator, sure. I mean, definitely there are, there would be people who would argue of following certain guidelines or certain uh, practice, certain things to make you look, that make you look more confident and uh, more in control but at the same time i also realized is that uh, that's fine i mean to the extent of practicing it and trying to make it part of your look natural, natural self, self that's fine look at jordan Peterson. he this. <laughs> yeah that's fine i mean gives whatever <laughs> style that you make it should be consistent it should be like something that mm-hmm. you can uh without thinking or without putting any extra effort you should be able to carry that forward exactly. uh, and I mean, this discussion that we are having right now, probably... Page, you can see...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so
0: it's fine, it yeah. matters to some extent, but it doesn't Elon Musk is
1: well. like... Then the, like the SpaceX and like... The, yeah, yeah, I, I get it, I get yeah. it. Like, so so the,
0: again, the point that I'm trying to make here is that... Although we have been listening mm-hmm. to these sort of uh, uh, TED Talks. With... type people. No, I mean, I'm yeah. talking about the people who would advocate following these set of rules that make you feel more no, confident. No, the tone or the body language? Everything. I'm talking about the body language. Everything else matters. It, like, even, can all it, it does, focus, but at the language. same time, I mean, if you think about it, like, what probably matters more mm-hmm. and where your uh, focus should be at the other things like whatever you are doing you should be good at doing that if you are good at doing that particular thing these things would ultimately come to you without even putting much efforts to
1: it these things that you're mentioning they're natural so like some people get it some don't some need more effort into this some don't Yeah,
0: you get it you you know what more interesting like uh, I was less once I was like uh, I I got into a habit of uh, reading these sort of techniques that can that, you can, that can help you become an effective communicator mm. and so one of the things that I was reading was okay, how to listen actively and one of the comments that in that comment section I read it really uh, illuminated my thoughts mm. yeah, and I just listen, that comment like... was the best way to listen is to listen mm. right all you need to do is to listen carefully what the other person is saying without exhibiting all those Rates, fake traits. Fake traits. For example, roll. like hinge forward mm-hmm. and nod your like head. Like if you don't
1: understand something, stop. Say like, okay, I didn't listen to you what you just said. Can you like repeat this? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm.
0: this one piece of piece of advice that you have just mentioned about this is something which is innate, and if we are focusing at innate, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Not in. in innate, 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 innate. Innate, right? So uh, these would come to us naturally. We don't it's have sorry. to. Think about it. Yep. Oh, okay. cool. We don't have to think about it. Like, what's the best way to listen to somebody? It's just listen. So you don't have to, like, go into depths of that. You just do that bloody thing. Definitely. But at the same time, like, I think knowings. I mean, I may counter myself here, but I'm just saying, like, you should definitely probably read these sort of guidelines once, but don't, like, try to uh, memorize them and be conscious of the fact that you need to follow this, I mean just reading those out probably you would feel that these are the things that you already know about right, there wouldn't be anything that you wouldn't know about, it's just that it will make you more conscious about that fact that okay, I mean this is how it works and which is why this is one of the reasons that we are talking about
1: definitely, Uh, because these these skills that are filled online, and uh, like if you just write about this, you'll find hundreds of articles, maybe thousands, regarding skills in communications. They're natural. I mean, it's fine to try try to be more articulate, that is a different skill, but to actually v- visually represent yourself, like how I mentioned one, one day that this is all like visual arts, right, when uh, I was going to be in you, I mentioned this to you, that all this communication, it is like visual arts, but is it is not a skill that you can tame by just memorizing it or even, like, practicing yeah, it for a yeah. while. It's fine for some yeah, people. Yeah, it, feature, may, it may be fine. Feature, I cannot speak for every, yeah. everybody because yeah. I see people in my institute. Let me give you an example. Uh, when we had a presentation in our university uh, for the future of Continuous Tense, so I've seen students were uh not that confident in their wor- words but I'm sure that they had enough practice to be actually able to come on stage and present their uh taste to, to the audience to to us so there I felt like practice did matter and even if they weren't they weren't uh well uh well versed they uh, they winged it they, it was it was fine so I, can't, I again I can't speak for everybody but for certain uh, s- students like I've seen that on the contrary s- students who did perfectly well um, regardless of like their accent or whatever they were like you know, if, even if they had limited information this is going to be interesting even if they had limited information regarding the topic they were talking about they were uh, well enough to convince the audience that they yeah. uh, that they did their homework they, they did it. They did their effort. They put in yeah. their efforts, complete efforts.
0: Yeah,
1: and so th- that's also like. And I'm sure they didn't study that. It's just yeah. natural. It comes out naturally. Yeah,
0: and in that case. This, for this very reason, I'm also like sometimes skeptical about the. The reason I'm skeptical about these guidelines is, for example, when remember like the time when we were obsessed with knowing the, you know, tricks to spot a liar. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, oh, that phase you mean to to be like Sherlock to Sherlock to Holmes, and we used to watch that. Uh, uh, lie to me. Lie to, uh, lie me, lie to me, and then,
0: so then I so started sure. reading a book as well online. Online um, that that like sort of uh, mentioned about some of the techniques Mystical how you psychology. Could, how you could like spot a liar.
1: Exactly,
0: and uh, uh, so so two things happened. One is that when I started practicing those. Uh, those uh, guidelines to spot a liar. And we used to like try to experiment that with each other. So one thing that I realized was that while you are trying to spot the liar, right? So you would be like thinking about those guidelines that you have read and you would be trying to make that comparison with what you are seeing in front of you. And you would be like trying to spot those... Uh, those things that would enable you to make a better judgment about whether if the person is lying or not. So two things happen. One is that when you're, while you're like trying to apply those guidelines that you have read, it just happens too quickly. I mean, you have to look at the person and you have to like recall those, all those guidelines as well. So rather than spotting that liar, because like it had, happens in like, the micro uh, expression happens in like microseconds, right? So just like a judgment call, like, uh, it's just something that like Malcolm Gladwell mentions in his blink, Snapchat. that it's like snap judgment, right? You don't have, you don't need those guidelines to follow. Maybe it happens more when you like practice a lot, but, uh, but like, it's very really subjective. Still probably the, probab- the, the the probability of spotting a lie prob- could be, you know, good. as much as flipping a coin, right? Um, And so I was listening to
1: to that case, in that case, it would be 50%. Um, I would rather suggest you to put in the analogy that the the probability is quite low because probably it could be like even lower because it's
0: not easy to spot a liar. Uh, There are many external factors, especially when you are having a normal discussion with somebody or when you're trying to get to know, know somebody like who's especially a stranger to you. So in that scenario it's like very difficult to judge whether if a person is a liar or not because of many external factors that would come into play and i was i also like listening to you know i recently started reading that book uh talk strangers. to strangers by malcolm gladwell and i was uh we both are obsessed with joe rogan which is probably this is also For one sure. of the reasons we started this exactly. off. so i was listening to joe rogan's uh, discussion with Malcolm Gladwell on spotting a liar and so Malcolm Gladwell is like 56, Joe Rogan is 52 and they both agreed during a discussion that it is like near to impossible for a layperson to spot a liar and that's the whole purpose of writing that book uh, by Malcolm Gladwell is that how wrong we take the strangers
1: right? exactly and uh, I'd like add into this it's because of two things one uh no two things are at, uh, at play here one we're com- a complex set uh we're, we're a complex organism human beings aren't simple so trying to uh, establish guidelines on trying to actually understand how our brain works that is um uh bogus it's flawed and there's a reason for that it's because we are constantly evolving and our, our traits are still um, misunderstood let me give an example of personality tests so what do you think about personality tests these uh seven or so major personalities that yeah, yeah, are tested on, on i think like people. that's like
0: 16 personality tests, tests there are or, yeah. or
1: so and there are like yeah. several online quizzes yeah, yeah. fun so, quizzes so there's, there's an interesting
0: fact probably i mean i think it also depends on which phase of life you are Right, right. And which, exactly. Uh, I mean, what sort of mi- uh, state of mind you are in that particular moment? In that particular yeah? moment. Because I can say this because I took this personality test twice on two different times, and the results were different. different. Like probably with a gap of two years, when I took the test again, and I was like in a different mindset. So the per- personality turned out to be a bit different,
1: different which also like
0: probably makes sense because it makes sense. you don't remain static; you keep evolving, and your personality keep uh, keeps evolving as well.
1: For sure, but um, uh, so yeah, the, like I had to mention that. Uh, so Jordan Peterson, in his uh, I guess appearance as a guest in one of Doctor, I'm forgetting his name, in his show, he came, and. Um, to the audience, he provided this short five-minute test to test their, I guess, three, no, five, about, yeah, five core personalities. You know, like, are you either an extrovert, an introvert, or many other that I'm, I'm forgetting the names of. But uh, I, uh, not from Jordan Peterson, but from another uh, psychologist, I've read this, that we're just too much of a complex being yeah. that we can't categorize ourselves on once one certain thing. Yeah. That is not how we work. So, at the same time, we may be extroverted and both introvert, introverted. So, we cannot um just put a label on our personality. Yeah. That is that is um it's an erroneous belief, a notion that we must all uh re- reject. And there is a reason to that. We're again like I mentioned, complex beings. So when our personalities come to question um like for example in the criminal uh justice system when they have to uh, judge the personality of criminals they don't uh look for whether they're introverted or extroverted no because that's just too specific and too flawed what they what they instead do is they uh take a broad uh, they they bring a t- a broad spectrum and they just judge that particular person on uh the spectrum of both sanity and insanity and um uh, whether the 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 specific person is chaotic and what his thought process is like right so they they judge it on those bases and not on what um on how he interacts with uh like how does he socialize or like whether he's an introverted or not and then then come with personalities comes stereotypes as well so you get stereotypical ideas of, of introverts stereotypical ideas of both of extroverts and um a bunch of other people uh, uh from different categories but you you can't uh uh, uh you know box them up in these uh, categories for, like, the reason, like, I mentioned earlier, and I had to mention another thing, so, like, this is one, uh, aspect of, like, how, uh, you know, like, personality is not, like, not static, like you mentioned, the second is, you know, judging, uh, how to, uh, judge, no, not judge, but actually catch liars, like you mentioned, it's too quick, we have to, uh, first judge, like, keep in mind the guidelines, and then judge, it's a, com- a complete process, for that, um, Uh, we, at at, at a single given moment, we may be um, experiencing an array of emotions and an array of thoughts that are just flowing through our minds. So if I'm um, constantly fidgeting my finger or my leg, it may mean multiple things. It's not that I'm nervous, or maybe I just may be thinking of some music and I'm enjoying that in my mind, right? So uh, just let's take an example of the line detector test. No, that, I, I that can not, completely
0: yeah. relate that, and I give yeah, you that's example, not, uh, a, a real life sure. example of this thing that happened uh, to my friend Sama, right? Uh, who was uh, actually traveling to USA, and at the airport, um, he was intervened by a security officer um, who actually was the um, immigration officer who asked him to um, make his thumb impressions, right? And so when uh, he was trying to give his fingerprints, um, his fingerprints were not showing up on the machine. And uh, when that officer asked him to try again, it sort of like pissed off the officer because that thing wasn't working. And when he sort of like uh, spoke to him in that tone, that that, that he, when he, he sort of like ordered him to do it properly. Uh, so my friend like answered that he was he was doing it. And in response to that, the officer asked him, why are you nervous? He was like, I'm not nervous, right? So in that very moment, what happened is that the officer made a lot of assumptions in his head. Probably he also was looking for some of the, uh, you know, points to catch whether if he was a liar or not. And then he sent him for a secondary checkup and it took him a lot of longer time. They went through all uh, his communication in his device, his emails, his conversations and everything. And uh, so it was just like an unnecessary exercise that he had to go through. Uh, coming back to two of the very interesting points that you made. The first one, I like completely agree with you that at a given time, uh, you cannot be uh, either introverted or extroverted it is possible that i am more introverted in my office but i could be like exactly. more extroverted with my friends and even in the office the situation when, matters uh for example there is a discussion which is being brought up which is of my interest i could be more vocal about it um uh, i i agree with that but i still feel like there are times when you are when you tend to uh, you know, gain more energy by socializing with people, and there are times when you're more on your own. And again, that is also very subjective. Yeah. It depends on what's your present state of mind.
1: And uh, the, the, the situation as well, like one example I would give here is that if I'm a group of uh, students students, or uh, just a, a, group, a group of people um, where they're either uh, talking about something uh, that um, r- relates or to me or that I'm passionate about which I'm like uh, a topic that I'm uh, well versed about then just like you mentioned I, I would be uh, vocal about it right. um uh, uh, happily um and on the contrast to that if I'm in weddings for example yeah. right yeah so um there I I barely know anybody and I may seem introverted there but it's just an awkward uh, situation so uh, people uh, are uh, Uh, not too good at distinguishing between shyness and introvertedness because they're not the same. So if you're shy, it doesn't mean you're introverted. It just means that uh, you're like in an uncomfortable position or situation or like in an awkward state. Uh, Whereas if you're... um, uh, Or like an example of mine, I heard um, the Gangnam Style music uh, under London Bridge, uh, not London Bridge, sorry, the London Eye, a few years back, back in 2014. Had it been any other song, I uh, wouldn't have gotten up. But just like when I heard that song, the Gangnam Style song, I knew that I know this song and I I can dance to it. So I just went on stage. I I had no fears whatsoever and I just enjoyed myself. Mm. I danced to my best. People were there cheering for me. And we had a great time. I came back... um, for my, for resting and uh, to rest myself and uh, people came in and uh, started uh, to appreciate my my dance and the yeah. time that yeah. we had there. Had it been any other song, I wouldn't have gone there. It's not that I was introverted. Had anybody else seen me there, like sitting uh, quietly, they would think, okay, he's an introverted guy. But the, the yeah, song came so, on. I just went in the stage. There
0: is another reason behind why you went for that song i remember like you used to practice dancing on that and you had already performed, already performed dancing on that song several times before that exactly even in your school and everything so you exactly knew you could perform and it was like uh, something of your interest as well um so again like when you have something of your interest When you have something that you're more confident about... Or that you know that you can add on to that thing. Yeah, so you'll be, like, more expressive uh, compared to, you know, the other scenario. Another interesting thing that you mentioned about live was, like, all that's going to be, like, a a bit boring in a way, uh, is the criminal justice system and, you know, how to spot a liar and coming back to that discussion. So I think, like... One of the things, uh, also like one piece of information that I got to know through Malcolm Gadwell and Joe Rogan's podcast was an interesting fact. that when you're talking to somebody, right, you're less likely to spot whether if they are a liar or not. And if you take a transcription of the exact words that are being said, and if you read that transcription of what they've told you, you're more likely to spot whether if they are telling a lie or not. And one of the reasons I mentioned was that when you are having a discussion with somebody, it happens in a in an environment there where they where you're constantly getting information from all the directions there is that distraction of maybe sound of maybe the other thoughts that you might be having. You may be like looking for those. Uh, those spots that you have studied in the guidelines on how to spot a liar you could be like thinking about the leading questions that you have to ask but when things are there in transcription written down in front of you you're more likely to spot a liar and that's probably also like happens in the criminal justice system as well because in the courtrooms although I'm a lawyer but I haven't practiced law but as much as I've seen is that in the courtrooms um, when, you know, the judges most of the time, especially the superior courts, all they they have to do is to actually look at the documents, the petitions, the law points that are presented to them. Uh, And then they would have, you know, all the things on record.
1: So, how's your quarantine going? Yeah, okay, quarantine. No, I mean, that's
0: also like one of the things, the reason we are able to do this is because yeah. we are,
1: for the last two weeks... Okay, yeah. So this is interesting. So in the quarantine that we are experiencing right now and several others around the globe, uh, we've been given this opportunity to be actually be, be creative. And there is a reason for that. So this is not a holiday. These are not our holidays. Um, people aren't moving around um, joy, joyfully uh, because... Again, quarantine, we're, we're self-quarantining, but also there are restrictions on, uh, on on going to public spaces, right? So at this point in time, uh, I believe we are able to collect our thoughts, and if there is something that we believe ought to be uh, worked on, then we initiate it, and we have rather the intentions for it, and then we work onto it. Just like here, in this case scenario, we had the intention to uh, utilize this time of our quarantine in a productive manner. So that was the intention that we have, and we're taking this initiation. So this is a similar case for many other people. It may be several different things, podcasts. Uh, it may be through arts and design, sketches, poetry, uh, poetry, or um, for more technical uh, work- workers, maybe trying to polish their engineering skills or any other skills that they can and there is a reason for, for that it's not that we're just trying to be productive we're actually trying to spend time as well because mm. in this time we have no other choice but to kill time Yeah. Right. we have to kill time and the way we kill it, it's up to us we may uh, sleep late get up late, there's no restriction on that but that eventually that makes us unhealthy and we feel that and when we feel that, we get um, uh, we we. we we aren't, we aren't happy. And there is a reason for that. Because we feel that we're not being productive enough. Mm. But then when we, when we think about, okay, all right, I want to be productive. I want to I take initiation. Well, what would that initiation be? How would we actually take action? Because we are curious, be, curious beings. And especially for the young ones, for the teenagers who are fueled with energy. They can't. They're constantly requiring to just latch onto something and then work work off they may procrastinate but at least they'll be uh, they'll be given a reason to procrastinate for right yeah. Right now people are in, in fear for the reason that there is no reason to procrastinate you get let me let me explain this to you so procrastination occurs when you're actually doing something uh, when you're like in your initiation phase for anything that's when you're like allowed to, or not, rather you shouldn't, but that's when you uh, move away from your path and you procrastinate. But when there is nothing to do, well, how can you procrastinate out of that? You can't procrastinate, um, uh, uh, like if you're doing nothing, you you won't be able to procrastinate. And if you won't be able to procrastinate, you won't be able to kill time in the in the most effective manner because we're bound to stay in our own huts in our these houses that we have and so again if there is something that uh, like if the listener i'm talking to the listener now if there's something that you believe you have an intention to work on take that first step you know go towards the initiation you don't need to be 100 percent productive that's when you are allowed to procrastinate and that's when you will be at ease knowing that okay so on, at, uh, at one uh, on one hand you're 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 progressing towards something you're doing something on the other hand you're you're killing time and that's a perfect balance mm. right and I think like one interesting thought that comes to my mind
0: is that this pandemic and the, the effects Uh, of this uh, entire situation is quite similar to one of the videos that I recently watched and in in that video what happened is that the title was that the wolves changed the direction of the river and um, in that video there was a short story that was narrated and uh, what happened in that story was it, it, it was actually based on a real story and so what happened, there was a certain part of land where, um, where they sort of took out the wolves from that area and just like intentionally moved them away. As a result of that, what happened is that a lot of uh, the population of the sheep, because they were not being preyed, that increased. And due to that increased population, the ecosystem had changed a lot. And after a certain period of time, the wolves moved back to that area. And what started happening is that in order to avoid the wolves, the sheep started moving to another area. And in that particular area, where sheep were not there, and they were not eating the plants there, the ecosystem completely changed because the trees grew up. because uh, Due to that, a lot of birds came in a lot of other animals uh, animals also came in and like long story short it had a direct impact over the direction of the river because of this changed ecosystem just because of by, by adding wolves into that system So, it's so
1: because of the human intervention
0: no because of the wolves because the no, most... but you're mentioning adding and
1: replacing, so who adds? No, so, so...
0: I mean... So just the addition. You yeah, okay. so, so they just came back to that area probably. So so this corona situation is some, somewhat similar to that. I was like just having a walk outside today, and I felt like this thing is like nature's way of uh, restoring itself, like we've done a lot of shit to this uh, planet already. And it's sort of like in a, in a process to restore itself. If you look at the sky today it's shiner, it's uh, the stars are like uh, brighter and uh, the sky is more clear um, so probably like whatever is happening in the current situation and the current uh, in in the present time um,
1: it's actually nature's way of healing itself exactly because i've seen this uh, earlier that it's having a huge benefit to the climate of our nation, of, of our globe uh, if, in a global scale if you think about it because travel is restricted that's what uh, global activists have been uh, uh, vocal about for years and now it's actually happening travel is restri- travel is restricted people aren't uh, emitting that many greenhouse gases as uh, they used to even a month of uh, this this decrease in the carbon emission has a huge impact on the global uh, on the overall carbon uh uh carbon carbon dioxide uh, in 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 the air affecting the ozone layer so n- not carbon dioxide sorry carbon monoxide and many other the flow uh, fluorocarbons um yeah fluorocarbons so um it, this is one of many many ways nature has um it's uh, way, it many, one of many many ways nature restores balance. But in terms of balance, I also believe that there is an evolutionary perspective into this as well because balance is never uh, static. So there's not there's no one point where nature comes brings comes uh, back to. Nature comes back to the new normal. So every time something like this goes down, nature does restore, but it, it restores itself in a way. In in in, in 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 a, in a state of an, of its uh, of the new normal, because normal is always changing. It's always evolving. It's shifting. Um, what nature is trying now is not what nature did uh, um, probably a million years ago. Yeah. The conditions were different, and uh, it will uh, continue to be different for uh, you know centuries to come. And this this change, this uh, evolutionary change. This this is a interesting dynamic into the whole global um, system itself. How because it's not just us and them. It's we are a combined state in this planet. So it is the both of us, the nature and the humans, and it is our negotiation that we have with uh, nature that eventually brings us or leads us to the best most. Um, uh, ...scenario available to us. So if there are volcanic eruptions or corona... So these are disasters to us, yes, and to many other species. But these disasters that we deem are like uh, harmful to us, which they are... ...they eventually are like um, a response, in a way, in a sense, to what we add in. But this is not going to stop, because... It will restore itself in the new normal, and we will still continue being human beings. Yeah, we will still do shit, and in, in response to that shit, nature is already uh, has that skill of adaptability. I mean, I'm not,
0: not even sure that you know, like it reminds me of that that uh, uh, insight that Neil deGrasse Tyson gave in its uh, in his. Uh, uh, show that was called Cosmos uh, yeah Cosmos start start. Uh, are you talking about this podcast no Cosmos, no, the cosmos. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you mentioned about like there has been 5 phases of the world and we are heading towards the 6th one and we are not sure what it is about so among those 5 it used to be a fireball there has been 2 ice ages and all that and asteroids asteroid okay. sitting and all, all that shit happening so I, th- I think like uh this is how it has been happening. I mean, probably what I believe in is that we have had these conscious beings since ever. I mean apart from the religious uh, uh, perspective, if you just uh, Essential extension, that extension being, yeah. So I mean we have been existing for I don't know for how many uh, billions of years ago maybe and that's how it has been always happening. That we are created, we reach to a level where we are able to just conquer the universe. And then that time comes when the nature is like, okay, fine, you're done, right? Exactly. And we are then extinct. And then we evolve again. We start from zero and we again reach to that level. And there's always that sort of probably those stupid beings in among us who would create these... Mass, uh, uh, these weapons of mass destruction and probably uh, they would start a start a this sort of a war that would destroy the world and eventually the world will, would heal itself up and uh, the process would would start again and i think like sometimes when i think about different planets and different different uh, uh, you know um, possible um planets that are in our solar system or uh, outside our solar system in the, in the observed g- galaxy. I feel like a lot of stars that we look at, a lot of uh, planets that we look at, we look at them from our current perspective, whether if the life is possible on those planets or not. But, you know, I mean, at one point in time, the Earth was a fireball too. So if you, if you had looked at this planet back then, you may have thought that life wasn't possible here but it's just like we were going through a very particular time when life wasn't possible here and probably a lot of planets that we see today are going through that particular time as well and they may have
1: life as well on their own time. Exactly, I mean uh, it's beautiful insight because mind this, we've been existing for like billions of years. No, not not even billions. No, actually, billion. Yeah, for I guess Earth is fourteen billion years old, but uh yeah. universe no, is, so, so, is longer. So I think the
0: Earth is like six billion, uh, and the universe is fourteen, and, and the human beings are like thirty-five billion yeah. years old. Yeah.
1: So so this like this is from uh, the timeline, uh, you know, from the perspective of, or respective to yeah. the, the Big Bang. So Big Bang.
0: and Also, like I mean, I think like all the uh, sort of. Uh, so, the history of the world is right, it, it's under the ground or on the rocks and everything. Exactly. Know, that's all like, uh, you know, people in that particular field. What, what is it called? You call it? Um, uh, archaeology. Archaeology, they are able to like extract. But definitely, there, there has been a lot more. We are missing
1: a lot of chapters from the history that we don't know about. Exactly, because th- all we know about is what has uh, survived, what's been preserved there has definitely uh, been tons of more information out there that is either destroyed by uh, human intervention or by just nature and we may never know like the infor- there might maybe just some piece of information out there that that may just completely shift our perspective on on the history that we believe that we have because just recently I've seen that dinosaur DNA, this is an official information by the way, dinosaur DNA has been discovered in uh, Alaska, I guess, but in some state in the US. And the reason why this is a huge deal for archaeologists and scientists worldwide is that DNA can't last for more than six million years. Whereas dinosaurs are known to be extinct for more than 100 million years. So this data May prove that even after the Big Bang, uh, I mean not the Big Bang, but the asteroid that hit, there may have been at some point some uh, uh, a tiny group or minority of uh, dinosaurs that may have survived, and they may that may have lived long after uh, that uh, that asteroid hit, but eventually due to other forces or whatever died off hmm. but we, ne- we may never know so what you're saying is that we believe that the dinosaurs existed existed
0: like 100 years 100 billion exactly. years exactly and, uh, and, and uh, the the one the that, DNA. that has been found the DNA it's, in Alaska it's like 6 million years no old.
1: they they uh, did not mention how old that DNA was but they mentioned just the the, the lifespan of DNA itself That DNA ca- cannot survive for more than 6 million years after that it's just uh, raw data there is nothing to, to be found whereas they did find the actual like their uh, DNA is actually the s- sequential um, uh, data it's more like biological Information. Data, biological information. information. So yeah. they were able to extract that and with that now they're modeling what that creature must have been
0: hmm.
1: and now they're modeling its shape and one very interesting thing, uh, we're going sideways here, but it's related to DNA, and very fascinating, is that um, some scientists, I don't know from which country, found out, uh, I, yeah, I guess the US, found out the, uh, a, a chewed tree bark, a chewed tree bark, which is about 2,000 years old, and with, with that, uh, Tree bark. They were able to extract DNA of a human being and found out that it was the DNA of a 14-year-old uh, female, uh, uh, female uh, like ancient human, like uh, human, uh, and they were able to uh, tell what she ate that the day she chewed that tree bark. What was her, what was her diet like? what was uh, and on the basis of the diet they were able to tell what the culture was like or what tribe she belonged to and they were able even no they weren't able to actually no they were they were uh they, they gave the data to a professional um, I guess I'm not sure what he's called but his job is to restructure what she looked like what would have looked like from that DNA that they got and uh, they made it, 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 it. there was a they revealed a stunning illustration of what she may have looked like mm. at that point. And it was just a, a, a young 14-year-old girl who chewed that tree bark 2,000 years ago. And they suspect that she may have died afterwards. Um, I'm not sure on what basis, but they suspect like after because I guess it was a chaotic area where she they found out the tree bark. So uh, they're not for certain for sure whether she lived for long because that they can only tell the yeah. age at which she chewed that tree bark.
0: So that's like really fascinating. I mean, yeah. the level of information that we can extract through just DNA. Exactly. And so I, I sort of like, I was having a discussion with one friend once and he mentioned about uh, the human DNA, the, the humans that we are today. And it was more like, I think, that... of the human DNA is uh, comes from the I think the oldest oldest DNA we have been able to trace. Right. But we're still not sure that where that 12% of the DNA comes from. So meaning thereby there were definitely probably more um, human lookalikes. Those exactly. who were like not humans, but they were, uh, they they Different were like tribes. yeah, not just tribes, but I think like Category Categories categories of, of human. What do we call it? Homo sapiens. No, we are Homo sapiens.
1: Are, are uh then there is the Neander net- Neanderthals, I guess. Yeah. That were uh, that are believed to be extinct, and there may be many more. So there is room for more.
0: Yeah, I I, I think I I was. Uh, Reading one of the articles on uh, Flipboard once, and it it did mention about uh, another kind of humans that they discovered, but and they I think called it like ghosts or something like because we don't have any trace of that uh, so far. For sure. But there has been like definitely more kinds of us that do
1: not exist anymore. And there are reasons for that as well. So the when we think of ancient human beings, uh, those hunters. So th- those aren't Homo sapiens. Hmm. Those hunters are actually the, n- n- the. I'm forgetting the word, but it starts from N, hmm. and it has a D and an H and a D <laughs> in it. Yeah. So uh, those uh, subgroup of uh, 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 you know the sapiens. They they were they had stronger bones, thicker bone mass. Yeah. Uh, they were able to breathe in. Huge chunks of air because of their huge nose and huge lung capacity. Yeah. So basically, they were uh, biologically well fit for hunting. And
0: it's probably they may maybe even stronger than us.
1: Exactly, they were. So so it's official that they were. But the reason uh, uh, it is believed that Homo sapiens were the ones that actually got to their, survive survive yeah. their existence. Yeah. Is because of their intelligence yeah so, so we had like bigger brains we, we got the intelligence they got the strength strength so but due to uh, lack of adaptability they uh, one more thing I'm just I'm, I, I just can't believe I forgot this no there a huge chunk of information that's gonna uh, uh, make sense here to all of you so they did it's it's not that we had intelligence Well, actually, we did. But there was something else that got us to live for long and helped us survive. They remained in their tribes, those subgroup of human beings. Mm -hmm. So they stayed where they were born. They stayed there. They were not fond of traveling. And there's a reason. They feared the unknown. Whereas Homo sapiens, they're known to be the stubborn. So we're known to be the stubborn for a reason that we were a part of them. But then there were some of us that were curious so this curiosity drove those human beings to seek out further to 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 seek the lands hmm. beyond their tribes and so they started to travel and they were the only groups that were daring enough to travel because there were deadly creatures in all around that could kill them at any moment but they they uh, they moved out of their comfort zone so so that's what made them survive that's actually
0: an analogy that still makes sense because Mm -hmm. um even to succeed and to survive in this very time that we live in the only way that you can actually become a successful person is by doing this very thing like if you get into your comfort zone if you don't challenge yourself if you don't pursue uh if you don't have a mission in life if you don't uh pursue things that are meaningful to you you will become you will actually be a loser in life you may not actually achieve all that you want to achieve and you go extinct the same way they did and
1: it's it's all about uh risk behind um you know your desired outcome so if you were really passionate about what you want to achieve and you know that that is worth the risk just go for it because that's how when you move out of your comfort zone and you get it then it's it's you you are uh, better there than you were before even if if you were at your best it also like
0: it also makes me think that as i mean we have been living with the nature for for millions of years. Exactly. It's just for the last 100, 100 years or so that we have started staying away from the from the nature and um, and that's like also that, that's also one of the reasons that why we are more depressed, why we feel more uh, lonely, uh, why we feel more irrelevant. Is because of these very reasons. We are not connected to the nature the same way. Uh, And probably this this quarantine uh, period. Is also a way for the humans to. Sort of make themselves realize all these things again. And become you know. uh, To redefine their way of living.
1: Exactly. But I believe that we are adaptable. So in this new uh, day and age. We aren't used to the environment that we have currently democracy is nothing new for us uh, sorry democracy is new for us but yeah because uh, even the the standard of life that we're living the average life expectancy is now up to 60 or 70 80 in, in Japan i guess maybe 90 but like like, like these are the extremes so it's increasing with the passage it of time it is increasing with the passage of time whereas the middle like people in their uh uh, m- mid, middle, middle, middle-aged people. Now it's considered to be like 30 to 40, 40 years of people who I guess considered middle-aged people, but uh, just about just under 200 years ago, about two or three centuries ago, the middle-aged man was a teenager because the average life expectancy was not more than uh, late 30s or early, early 40s. And there were, there were reasons, not just medical reasons, but actually uh, uh, violence was more prominent back then. We are way better than we were before. If we uh, think about it, democracy has bring a huge change in our society because violence was common uh, uh, to combat uh, uh, violence. Uh, only violence was used. And there weren't that many Aristotle's and Plato's and Archimedes... True. True. I mean, but here is another
0: point. Like, although we are living for longer, we have more facilities available. But are all these things making us more uh, independent? Independent in a way, like now we most of us work for corporate organizations that are like big machines that you're just like one part of that machine, and they don't really most of uh, in most of the cases they don't really care about your life and what you do. Exactly. And and also. Um when you get into that cycle it's more like a it's more like a sort of a trap when you get into that trap uh then you're probably i think less likely to be happy and so to in order to be happy, you need to have that independence that we have have we have been having for millions of years. I agree there is a more adaptability that we have, and we may get adaptable, but I still believe they are tribal creatures. That's true, but but the question is, are we happier than we were let's say centuries ago because one of the studies that i uh, um, I, I went through um, so so one of the one the one of the happiest persons in uh, in a locality was a person who had a purpose in life, and his purpose was like whenever he, he had a f- small farm and um so he had like a lot of rabbits uh they were like surrounding his uh, farm and they would come in and they would eat um you know uh, the vegetables or the, whatever he was like gardening or uh, he had so the sole purpose of his life was he, he saw rabbits as the evil creatures and and sole purpose of his life was to kill as many rabbits as he could uh and that made him like that gave him a lot of satisfaction every day he had a he had a mission in life he wanted to accomplish something. He wanted to defeat those evil rabbits. I mean, may it be delusional or whatever, but he had a uh, he had something to achieve in his life, and that gave him a lot of satisfaction. He was doing what he wanted to do. He was doing what made him feel happy, and that's not the case with most of the most of us these days.
1: And uh, let me mention: what is this? The product of this is the product. Of the immense freedom that we have nowadays, and let me explain that to you. So I've read this before. It's 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 scary. It's mind boggling to just actually critically think about how much uh, liberating, liber- liberated human beings are now, and how much how much freedom we have been uh, bestowed upon. How now we're able to decide for ourselves what to do... or for the next day... or for the next year... for the next... for for the years to come... and this wasn't the case... for... for like centuries... and there is a reason to that... because again... we're tribal beings... we all had our responsibilities... we all were... um... responsible for our... our groups... to survive... to... and our only... our only... mission... was... for... eventually survival... whereas now... That, and uh, it's there's a pyramid in this as well. I'm not sure what this is called, but in the pyramid it includes food, like uh, it includes hunger. It's about Muslims sleep,
0: hierarchy. Uh, the hierarchy, is, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now that but, we have satisfied those basic needs, it's it's self-actualization. Self-actualization, the yeah. top part. But I still believe, like, uh,
0: although you may uh, feel that we are liberated, but if you if you just dig down deep. And that happens, like, mostly in the practical field, uh, in the professional field. Probably more than 80% of the people out there are doing jobs that they don't want to do. I mean, definitely the world was operated in a different way centuries ago. And there were, like, different set of challenges. But probably human beings were more liberated in a way they were doing what made them feel happy. Like um the way things are structured now is that we are set off a machine it's more like we go to schools we go to colleges we go to universities we get into jobs we go offices nine to five and maybe beyond that and after we reach home we just like eat food and maybe go to sleep and that cycle most of us those maybe 80 percent of the people are bound to go through Even if they want to break this chain, they cannot and they will eventually die doing the same thing over and over again. May it be the case that they don't want to do, but they're just like, they're just cannot, they they cannot break the shackles of this cycle that they are bound
1: to. Exactly. But in in this case comes authority. And authority, uh, the availability of authority has been evolving as well in the past few years so authority was mostly um uh um, by the means of privilege like passed on by the means of privilege like in the kingdoms kingdomship uh power was uh passed on to the sons of the kings and then to their sons and this continued until there was war and the war was between one authority a privileged authority with another privileged authority However, in the modern day and age, due to democracy, we're able to, again, the common person is given a scary amount of freedom to be able to position himself or herself in, in any way they like. Now, this is the... Um, uh, you you may say uh, textual def- definition of where humanity stands today, but again, this the the situation and the scenarios aren't same for everybody. We're all bestowed privileges and are we all have been taken privileges in in in, a, in a, any way possible. So it's not just black, white, uh, or brown, or like it's not just the color of skin. It's not just the wealth that you have. It's not just the people that you're surrounded by, it can be anything. So people are surrounded uh, 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 by pro- privilege, but again, with great respo- with great <laughs> responsibility. So like the great, the great philosopher
0: Uncle Ben said.
1: Uncle Ben said, <laughs> exactly. With great power, in this case, privilege, comes great responsibility. And this is also actually what Justin Trudeau, the Canadian Prime, uh, Prime Minister, um, uh, acknowledges. He acknowledges that he comes from a place of privilege. And that he's willing to exercise that privilege um, in the rightful manner, which again is according to him. And again, in terms of um, uh, right and wrong, no, I guess this is gonna detract the conversation. But otherwise, there is a very interesting point that I was gonna bring up.
0: Go on, this one. yeah,
1: it's about uh, uh, the the. So, have you heard of uh, categorical imperatives? No. So, categorical imperatives are actually a philosoph- philosophical term. Uh, coined by I'm forgetting the philosopher's name but he his categorical imperatives uh, the definition of categor- categorical imperative itself is the universal moral code so he defined universal moral code as something and this is for individuals not for societies as something that if you believe you are you ought to do you are ought to be allowed to do something then that thing should be allowed to be done by everybody else as well so if you believe that your moral moral code it, it consists of lies, like lying, then you cannot have exception for yourself. Then in your world w- worldview, you others ought to be given that privilege as well. Yeah. So for you, that will be the moral right, and that will be your categorical imperative. That will be your universal law. Because society and laws are run based on uh, universal ag- agreements that we have it's not just one individual knowing what's right or wrong, but it's the collective uh, uh ag- agreement that we have amongst communities no,
0: but, I, but i still i still believe that since we have been involving and there is there are things that that probably made sense in a particular period of time and they don't make sense now um I still believe like a lot of laws and a lot of uh, Norms that we have are really fucked up in a way um, I mean if you just consider the outrageous as well i mean if you if you just consider the the criminal justice system again that we have so uh, in the cases that we usually have uh, eventually what we do is that we penalize the the, the people who have, who have uh, transgressed the law and uh, who have been uh, you know whatever whatever they have done for um but that should not be the case i mean in, in let's say in in case of norway nor what happens is that uh, uh, the the model that norway has in place it, it's more like they focus on the rehabilitation of that person whereas in our country it's more like if you have done something wrong you would be penalized for that and that's how uh, i mean our entire penal code is uh, being structured, There, there is like punishment for each and every act that you do. Um, may it be like as heinous as a murder or uh, you know uh, as much as slapping somebody on the face. Uh, so there is like punishment for each and everything that we have. But the problem with the punishment is that um, the, after the punishment you make the individual... If there's an already broken individual, you break that person further. You take that fear of this punishment away, and you don't rehabilitate the person the same way. Whereas in Norway, for example, they don't focus on giving a punishment; they focus on rehabilitating the person. Uh, and uh, I mean, in probably I, I just believe sometimes that this entire system of putting people in jail and um and punishing them for things, uh it's it's outdated i mean it needs a revision to
1: exactly, but I would add here um all these points make absolute sense, but I believe that we ought not to fret about fret about it worry about it, and there is a reason for that so so like I mentioned, authority has been uh, evolving the uh the concept of authority and the concept of passing on power, it is not, no longer just the privileged few, but actually um, individuals with the right set of tools can join in as well. So like, for, for instance, Imran Khan started off as a cricketer, had the right uh, fame, money, uh, and influence, and eventually, with years of struggle, got into the uh, like you know, political struggle, got into the position of power. Now many people question this power, whatever, that's a separate uh, case. But, um, so, yeah, about the criminal justice system, like you mentioned, it is, these things are outdated, but what can we do about it? Now, I'm not saying that there is nothing we can do about it. I'm asking what we can do I'm about it. I'm
0: just saying like so, the entire system probably needs a reforms in it.
1: Exactly. I'm not, I'm not getting
0: into, like, who needs to change it. I'm just no, saying absolutely. it's probably outdated. So, and so, like, just like the way our... Our education system is like 200 years old, and eventually, in let's say, in coming 15-20 years, when there's this digital revolution is expected, um, we're definitely gonna need to change our education system as well. I mean, these these schools that are preparing kids to join the professional field after 20 years, those things that they're learning today, those will be outdated. They don't need this skill, they need more than that. So it needs a revision too.
1: Exactly. And let me uh, give you a perfect analogy here, which is relevant to our uh, situation. Coronavirus. What does this prove? It proves many things, but one thing that it does prove in my point of view is that we, uh, by nature, respond to chaos. So we may uh, vocalize as much as we can about several things, but eventually... Until we do not come to a point of chaos, we do not uh, bring in uh, uh, effective solutions. So, in the case of education, like you mentioned, it's 200 years old or or so, and that we ought to bring uh, at least some form of legitimate improvement and evolution in this system and process. I'm absolutely sure that not just us, and not just obviously the people around who are thinking about this believe that there ought to be something to, uh, there you know there's something ought to be done so at some stage there will be chaos in this as well and we will eventually point out the mistakes so you
0: mean like it's like made. a pandemic as well i mean it's it to is a
1: huge pandemic and let me it's tell just you what. that
0: we are not taking it as an emergency right emergency
1: now. it's in human nature. Now, let me also mention this. This is not a pessimistic view, viewpoint. How? By human nature, I don't mean that this is just how we're innately built. You know how we're innately built? If I mention human nature, well, human nature also include includes violence. But hasn't that uh, come down, been brought down in, over the years? It has with the systems that we have. So we're evolving ourselves and our systems And with this evolution comes improvement. And again, the way it is chaotic is because all over the world, just for for this one pandemic, there are shortages in ventilators, there are um, uh, uh, limited amounts of beds uh, required, and there aren't enough um, doctors available at, at certain hospitals. And why is that the case? Well, let me tell you why is that the case. What are we doing with the unemployed? What are we doing with those people? I'm sorry, but I have got to say, the unemployed people are a burden to our nation. And let me tell you why it's good that we should, should take notice of this. Because then those people, the population that we have, we, bring, we come up with excuses that, oh, because we are increasing in numbers, our population is increasing. Well, let me mention this to you. Population can be an asset. So the more people that you have, the more asset that they are for you and for our economy. So if you so like, like me the mention, case with
0: China and with India, the... exactly. Now let yeah. me mention
1: this: if you take those unemployed people, which are, which which is uh, a burden for our economy, which is wrong. We we are letting that happen. And how is that the case? Well, they've been through the same system that we've all been. You need to give them at least. Like from for the, for the from the beginning, um, vocational and uh, technical training for themselves to be uh, employable and to earn a respectable living. And once they're able to do that, they would add into your art economy. And the reason I'm mentioning economy again and again is because this is the uh, uh, incentive that the governments must have when taking a step before taking a step, because this this is beneficial. In the longer run, this process would add into the economy, and when it would add into the economy, we would be rich in resources, and with that, we'll be able to solve further issues that we have, and when we solve education, which is basically the core of everything that's wrong, you're able to bring that child, because, let let me mention this, the next president that we have, the next prime minister that we have, and the next Genghis Khan, or the next Adolf Hitler that we have, they're just babies right now. We may um, uh, we may distance ourselves from the facts that there will be murders, there will be um, uh, injustice in the future, but where is that injustice right now? That is in the children's hands, and those children, if we're unable to, to provide them the basic facilities they need to add into the society, then they would then just be part of this recurring cycle of chaos.
0: So yeah, I think like I think what we need to do now is—I mean, it's di- different for a country like Pakistan where we are just struggling to get the basic education system in place. Um, and I tell you, like the situation is Punjab is far. Better, uh, so far as the education is concerned, better than the other provinces. It's still not that good. Um, so, so I think what we need to do is to make that process in reverse. Like after 15, 20 years, when these children will be ready to join any field, so we need to prepare them for that particular sort of skill sets that would be required at that time. Um, because like current system is like more knowledge based and according to let's say McKinsey Global, uh, Global Institute, by 2030, 80, 800 million people are going to lose their jobs because of automation and AI. So what we need to do is that we need to inject these primary skills that will be required by by that time into our education system uh, existing education system and ensure that we make our children more employable by the time they are ready to join the field
1: exactly and um, also like uh, you mentioned the 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 impact uh, ai would have and also the other technical technological improvements that we would see in the future this uh, evolution in our times it ought to be taken noted, noted, uh, notice by the relevant authorities. But I have uh, a theory on as to why this is not the case, and this is because two thing, because of two things. One, incompetence, and number two, lack of motivation. Or not motivation, lack, lack of not even interest. Are you talking about the political will? Political will. Exactly. It's,
0: it's more that. For example, when a government is selected for five years, they'll be like all focused at delivering things that they can showcase by the end of five years no, I, and I, I'm they'll, not they'll be like that. more entrusted to win the next election. So they'll just take the initiatives that are like relevant for, for the time being and they want to think beyond that in most of the cases. Right.
1: So again, uh, uh, two things, incompetence and cost effectiveness so it is cost effective at the moment not to provide changes because if they do they have to further uh give I think paychecks. it's also
0: i mean in, in in at least uh in case uh, of a country like pakistan where you don't have even the basic infrastructure in place where you know the learning outcomes are like really pathetic Skewed. really pathetic i mean i tell you like one of the uh, tests that were taken of the uh, grade five teachers uh, in Balochistan the subjects that they have been teaching for many years when you know that when the when the test when the was taken assessed. from the when the knowledge was assessed they even failed to pass that basic test so you can like imagine I mean we are way too behind in this thing uh, if we are even able to get the you know, basic facilities and basic things in place. Uh, by 2030, probably that would be a huge success for us.
1: And there is a reason for that, exactly. So you may have heard, or may have or may not have heard of uh, SDGs. U- UN. SDGs. so you
0: talk about the so sustainable development the goals. Sustainable yeah. development goals. So they so were actually actually they were
1: called. And the core of that is education. Yeah. Quality education. So here's the thing, they distinguish between the number of students in schools. And the number of students actually learning, so So there are more students in school that know less than the students, than the kids that are outside or know as much as the kids. So that's that's
0: exactly what happens. I mean, I was. They lack
1: the basic mathematical and uh, uh, linguistic skills.
0: That's right, and so what happens is like, uh, so I was part of that program uh, where we were working to bring the education reforms in Punjab, and so this was like the basic push that we had uh and one on one hand we had like media reporting on the children that were out of school like it was like really huge number according to an estimate there were like twenty five million children out of school in Pakistan that should have been in school but the but the problem is that the focus of the government if it's entirely on you know getting the students enrolled in the schools uh the the exercise size would go futile because even if even this, the children who are in the schools would not be getting the quality of education, and eventually they would drop out even after a couple of years if you enroll them. And so, so for example, like in case of Balochistan, it's like even worse at the at the Kachi stage, which is like the uh, uh, initiation, yeah, just the before Inception. the first word, yeah, um, so so at prep level, you know, there are one million students enrolled in Balochistan. And by the time they complete their matriculation, there are just seventy-five thousand students left. So just imagine, like nine, nine, uh, nine point five, point nine two five million. Nine point zero five. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's just how much?
1: Nine point one five million.
0: Probably like just seven point five percent. Seven point five percent students would be able to, you know, carry their schooling and reach to matriculation. And this further drops when they go to intermediate and for higher education. So, like the state of education is like really bad in Pakistan. But that's something that the governments are doing doing about, and it's definitely going to take some time.
1: Sure. And um, what one of the main things that UNESCO focused on that is also a partner program of the United Nations, or I'm not sure, partner program, like, but they are related it's in part some of way.
0: the United Nations. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, So according to them, the one key ingredient in quality education is the addition of quality uh, um, uh, teaching. So the teachers matter a lot. And they mentioned uh, teacher trainings and how um, better teaching should be incentivized. And uh, it all hinges eventually at the end of the day. At the personalities and the and the talents of the teacher teaching the students,
0: and so yeah, those then traits are further reflected to the students as well. Exactly. And so one of the things that the challenges in a country like Pakistan is again, I mean, I would give you example of Punjab. There are five hundred thousand, around five hundred thousand teachers uh, out there in the field, and there are fifty three thousand government run schools, right? And so the the biggest challenge that they face is training the teachers because these are the teachers who are in the schools for for a long time and even if you hold the trainings and there there's a department for particular department which is called KAYED for this particular thing like training the teachers in Punjab and so even though like they have a they do try their best to train the teachers and there are like other programs as well there is a Pili program of the British Council they would also like uh, contribute in, in doing this, but still it's not enough and um, because even um, just a two or three days of training to the teachers would not really do much about it uh, so so for this purpose, the recent government they have tried to uh, bring a new continuous professional development program. Through which I mean there are different mods uh, uh, through which they're trying to train the teachers which is uh, apparently more cost effective as well because like if you're you know making all those teachers commute to Lahore from 36 different districts that also brings you a lot of uh, transportation cost and you know the logistics are like too expensive for um, for a poor country or for poor poor department like. for developing country. I mean, I mean, I'm just talking about the, the department. I mean, it's just like too much hassle. So they're they're trying to actually uh, adopt different methods to make to impart this training, but I still am skeptical about this. I'm not sure about the effectiveness of the program. So this is one area where you know, for uh, for a country like Pakistan, it requires a lot of efforts to actually come to a point where you know parents would be comfortable sending their kids to a government-led school.
1: Exactly, and I also add uh, this, that it also requires um, a complete... Um, what is the word? Um, exactly. So, it requires complete transparency as well. And by transparency, I mean, we ought not to um, deceive the general public at where the situation is at the moment. And when you let your media agencies try to tackle the situation, it goes nowhere. And there's a reason for that. In the current era, what is dominating is social media. And that's where people are mostly influenced in that particular platform. There are more people um, involved in TikTok than in any media, um, discussion or, uh, any media pl- platform. And th- it's because TikTok is easily accessible and it's user friendly. Are you, are
0: you using TikTok?
1: I did download it once as yeah. a, out of curiosity. I think like it all, it, it
0: helps the, a particular, so there is a particular, uh, it has a niche, right? There's a particular, uh, set of people who would use TikTok. Would be like having fun using it, but it just like brings out a lot of creative creativity in them. No, and I'll, I'll, I'll like...
1: mention here it does. It brings out creativity, and at times uh, there may be like, who are we to judge the quality of that creativity? Because people, I mean, even, even such if people are will... able to explore their uh, talents. But one thing I have to mention here about TikTok is it brings something very uh, innate brings out something very innate in all of us which is very, very personal to all of us and that is our humanness so when you see when you go through several TikTok for Pakistan for example videos you don't get to see just you don't just get to see their creativity you get to see what makes what makes them Human, and by that I mean the uh, level of communication or uh, creativity that they have, and then they spread, and then they spread amongst their own set of audience. Well, oh, that's fine. I mean, uh,
0: you just think about—we're talking about people who would not be reading books, who would not uh, uh, be watching Netflix, or they would have like um, they would spend, you know, uh, the time in probably. Doing, their own. you know, do, doing things that makes them happy, right? Exactly. And uh, one thing that I've like really noticed is that the way it spurs creativity is that so you have a like probably a ten seconds of a soundbite on which you have to make a video, and right. it has to be like it have to it has to be like uh, distinguishable than the rest of the people who are making the same video uh, on uh, on uh, on same soundbite. So. You have to come up with different ideas to actually break through the clutter and make your uh, video more compelling within a very short span of time. So like it really fascinates me in a way that for a particular class it is something that makes them happy and it sort of spurs
1: creativity as well. It is their own form of competition. So the competition that they are having is amongst themselves. Yeah. True. That's what's uh, interesting. And mm-hmm. one more thing, I w- I've always wanted to see TikToks from other countries, but I tried everything in my power to do th- to do that. But uh, unfortunately, even if I change my location, anything I googled it about be it, like only, I only get to see Pakistani TikToks, and I don't want that.
0: probably could be like <laughs> Indians as well. I'm, I'm sure. only
1: Pakistan. Nope. No. no? Uh, I'm, and I'm not but sure about it But I think it was like, the apps. Um, no. It should, error or could,
0: could be that case because I'm sure it's like uh, it's. Popular in other countries as well. No,
1: I'm not, I'm not, talking, about, I'm not talking about popularity. I'm talking about uh, 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 accessibility to, to to their content. So in Pakistan, which is also like
0: good because Pakistani like you get get it TikToks. filtered because you want we No, not again Otherwise, it's like not about there filtering. would be. It's millions about millions of videos. You won't be able able to like go through all of them because it's not like Facebook or YouTube. Yeah.
1: No, I believed it was on the on just behind one search. But there is no such a system of search in, on TikTok. It's just why. That's right. And yeah. it's the videos are
0: providing well, like, to you. They start trending and the ones yeah. that are trending you'll be able to like see them more.
1: So there are no posts, they're just yeah. TikToks.
0: Yeah. Alright, I think we we have already uh hit um one hour time in this particular um uh portion. Um and I think like uh, we should just call it off, we have discussed a lot of things actually. I wasn't hoping that we would actually from, let's say... You we weren't expecting. I wasn't expecting, I mean from uh, uh, having a discussion on spotting a liar to the education system. We did like,
1: talk about a lot of stuff. We did, but eventually in the end of the day I would quite prefer an actual action point to, to these things. Because eventually it would just be out in the air. And it's taking that from the air, and you know, stuffing that into her mouth and digesting it. That's what I want, <laughs> so that it can, it may come out from the other end, it perfectly shaped. So there would be
0: like things that may that may require deeper understanding mm-hmm. to make a conclusion. So for example, like like the way the education system is. Uh, it's been
1: studied for centuries by.
0: And, and also, like for example, I've been working in the education sector for the last seven, seven, eight years. So. So for you to grasp the entire thing, that's definitely gonna take you more knowledge and uh, more information about the entire system to be able to make a better understanding about it. And so it's the case with like, let's say, uh, we did talk about the criminal justice system and all that. So, but but definitely it's just that we did talk about certain things and we shared our viewpoints. Uh, If there was whatever takeaway we had, Uh, at least for the next time we would know our own opinion and that's what actually I think matters more
1: exactly but again it is to me at least I believe at the moment beneficial to us but not as much so for the listener so that's where I feel that if we are, so to I think
0: I think I, I sort
1: of now listener, I
0: agree with you. Probably we could get it.
1: So this is beneficial to yeah. us. So maybe we For could the listener, keep the it's...
0: duration like really low, um, and we could just like pick up a topic. Let's say technology, right? So yeah. next time we could talk about robotics, or we could talk about let's say um, artificial intelligence. So there would there would be like maybe uh, lesser content to share or to talk about. But definitely, we'll be able to more effective get more effective about it. Yeah. All right. So let's until the next time, and we've got the final distraction. Bye bye.